0: The, the Lantern box, box Crusade, crusade presents, 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 presents Fan Bill Fridays, Fridays. Hello and welcome to Fan Film Friday. I'm your host Clinton Robison. Rumor around the LBC is that a certain group of rookie agents are off doing some special James Bond secret mission type stuff lately. Normally, this is where I'd try to plan my escape, etc, etc. But resident tech genius Delvin has MacGyvered up a new security system out of Jared's thrift store finds. So instead, I thought I might try to get a head start on spring cleaning down here in the basement. But of course, there's uh, far too much clutter just for me to handle it on my own. So I brought in some help. I mean, she's wanted to shift out of HR or number crunching or whatever it is for a while anyway. Laurel, you are an excellent housekeeper,
1: right? You know... Clinton, you told me that you had a revenge plot ready for me. Not that you were going to drag me into some convoluted spring cleaning project that was going to cause all kinds of issues. No, 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 no.
0: Hey, hey,
1: packing up Jared's
0: Skystrikers and putting them where he can't find them, it's definitely revenge.
1: Yes, but don't you realize I don't work here?
0: That's not what I was t-
1: Oh, boy. All right, Clinton. Well, I guess we're just going to have to hang out down here for a while anyway.
0: Uh-huh. So, if you aren't going to help me clean, would you at least like to help me with a fan film? It's a short one. I promise. I promise.
1: Yes, I will sit here and keep you company, and you can go do the slave labor when you're ready
0: put it that way, maybe we should look (laughs) at a long one. Uh, Okay, well, before we get into all the fan film portion, are you familiar at all with a character by the name of Big Barda?
1: Yes, I am, in fact. You know, for a brief time, she was with the Birds of Prey, which is one of the other podcasts I do.
0: Oh, so see, got some experience here.
1: I don't know much about her exact background and stuff. Can you tell me?
0: Well, to quote Pat Sampson, I am glad you asked. Big Barda is a DC Comics character and part of their Fourth World slash New Gods section of characters. She first appeared in Mr. Miracle number four way back in October of 1971 and was a creation of Jack Kirby. Kirby based Barda's physical appearance on Laney Kazan, who had recently appeared topless in Playboy. Oh, dear. Uh... Laney is quite possibly most famous for her role as Maria Portakalos in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, think about that, folks. That lady from My Big Fat Greek Wedding was technically the first big Barda. <laughs> Barda was leader of Darkseid's female Furies, but escaped the planet Apocalypse with Scott Free, a.k.a. Mr. Miracle. You know, the guy whose comic she was in. The two eventually got married and are kind of considered one of the premier couples of the DC Universe. Basically because there's not many couples in DC that stay married <laughs> as long as them. Their adventures can range from the overly silly to the downright mind-blowing folks. Barda has appeared in quite a few animated series from DC. Um, I mean, just to give a quick rundown, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League Unlimited... Uh, DC Superhero Girls, Um, yeah, basically anything that's not Batman the Animated Series, I do believe. Multiple animated series, multiple animated movie appearances, and definitely a lot of voice actresses.
1: Was she on Batman Beyond when they did their Justice League? Yes. She was wonderful in that, by the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was forgetting one, but yes, she was definitely on Batman Beyond wearing a costume reminiscent of her 70s appearances and very similar to what she wears in this fan film. And speaking of, this fan film is called Big Barda of Suburbia. Yeah, I'll give you all time to listen, to laugh at the title. Trust me, you'll love it whenever you get around to knowing what it's all about.
1: Yeah, this this was fun. It was different.
0: (laughs) Big Barda of Suburbia is a 2021 fan film. See, see we're doing recent stuff again, folks. It was directed by Chris R Notarial, Notariel? I I cannot say this dude's name. I'm sorry, but uh yeah. He uh seems to primarily work in fan film. So expect his stuff on this show again in the future, folks, cuz there's yeah, a lot did. of Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah, there was a whole list and then the one that popped up on mine was Space Ghost. I didn't have a chance to look at it, but that cracked me up. Uh, I can't imagine. How do you make a, a fan film with Space Ghost? It's got to be crazy.
0: I have watched that one. It is. Um, it, it's the, it, it takes closer to the more serious comic book take from a few years
1: ago. Oh, no. I, I, this one was a lot of fun. Mm. I'm glad I watched this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need serious. Having <laughs> some fun is always a good thing. Well, you know,
0: we'll put a p- space ghost because uh, you may come back for that then. Oh, dear. <laughs> this film was uploaded to the Blinky 500 YouTube channel. Yes, that's Chris's uh, fan film channel because he uh, does Blinky Productions. Anyway, uploaded back in June of 2021 and at time of recording sports 3600 views. The film stars Rachel Sutton as Big Barda. Laura Van Eyck as Mad Harriet, Shannon McDermott as Lashina, and Matthew Thomas Stallings as Scott Free. Written, shot, and edited all by Chris R. I can't say that last name. Now, this is where Laurel and I will kindly ask that you pause here and check out the film. We're not trying to be rude, but it is a way for everybody to be on the same page. And trust me, it is more fun when everybody is all in the know besides by this point you already know we're going to discuss this film we're going to spoil this film so don't worry folks the film won't take up a whole lot of your day it's less than eight minutes long you may even want to watch it twice no i'm not going to say five times in an hour you just may want to watch it two or three times even before you come back all right folks so check the show notes and follow the link to the fan film We'll be here when you get back. (sighs) I swear, this is the one thing I don't understand about this planet. What, traffic? Yes, every vehicle is heading in the same direction, yet when the color of the light changes, somehow these people forget what they're supposed to do. I swear, even you couldn't find your way out of this. It's green, damn it! Let's go. I was wondering when you'd show up. I will say this once and only once: leave now while you're still permitted. Hey, bitch. Long time. Lashina. of course. On apocalypse, you fear dark side, but on Earth, you fear me. Everybody back. Good. Our film starts out with Barta calling Scott. She's stuck in traffic, rush hour, you know, fun stuff, and uh, she's getting pretty annoyed. Not just with the cars, but with the possibility that the food she has gone to pick up will be cold by the time she gets home. Scott reassures her that you can just reheat it, but she's like, what's the freaking point then? Sometimes I can really, really relate to Barda, you know? As Scott gets off the phone, he hears a noise in the house. When he goes to investigate, he gets jumped by Mad Harriet of the Female Fury. Luckily, Barda arrives home in enough time to save Scott. Turns out Mad Harriet was sent to bring Barda and Scott back to Apocalypse, but she prefers the idea of killing them instead. Barda and Harriet take the fight outside, where the battle is joined by Lashina, another of the Furies. The fight doesn't take long, however, as Barta proves why she was the leader of the female Furies to begin with. She would finish them off, but she knows very well that failing Darkseid is a punishment far worse than Instead, Scott gets out his mother box and opens a boom tube to send Mad Harriet and Lashina back to Apocalypse. With the day saved, Barta walks over to the car to find that, yes, the food has indeed gotten cold. And that, folks, was Big Barda of Suburbia. So, Laurel, what did you think of
1: this? I thought this was fun. For someone with just a little knowledge about Barda, I think this definitely plays off of her time in Justice League International, where she and Scott are trying to live in suburbia. She's trying to be domestic, and things don't always go according to plan. Um, I am a little concerned... I knew what was going on simply from having read different comic books, but what do you think? Do you think it's new reader-friendly, so to speak? Because I would think it might be a little harder to get the jokes that way.
0: Mm, It's... yeah, You'd really need to have a familiarity with the characters to really get everything. I think it spells out things pretty well as far as Barda's relationship to the Furies, but, like, Understanding that Scott pulled out a mother box to open a boom tube—that's that's pretty much you're gonna have to have read some comics by that point. Otherwise, you're just like, why is he doing this thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Where's what is this little glowing thing? They did do the effect of the glowing circle thing, mm-hmm. so that was cool. I have to say though, with just a passing knowledge, at least enough to know the the like we're saying the boom tube and and who Barda is, it is a good script. They do a nice job of mixing in some jokiness with more serious things. You know, I mean, there's some bantering going on during a fight and it gets a little intense, which is appropriate. Mm -hmm. And yet there's those little moments um, when she said she's throwing Matt Harriet out of the house and then Lashina shows up and she's like, is anyone else waiting in the bushes for a big reveal? Or is this everybody or something like that? Oh my gosh, I cracked up. And then uh, when she's in the car, the actress was so good. The look on her face when she says, "Um, do you think that they would be unhappy if I just moved a couple of cars (laughs) gently out of the way?
0: (laughs) I said gently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally sold it. I would have liked a little traffic noise maybe in the background, just so we, we hear the rumble of other cars or something. But mm. the way they did the music, it worked out. And so <laughs> these little asides totally work. And I love how she's uh, trying to get the food home, you know. And it's just, oh my goodness gracious. Oh, what did yeah. you think of her? I mean, physically, she looks the part.
0: Yes, she very much does. For those unfamiliar, Barda is, you know, in the comics, she is... Roughly seven feet tall, and well as as people used to say built like a brick house uh,
1: that's the the where the big comes from yeah. the big Bardo
0: yeah and you know obviously this actress is not seven feet tall, but she is quite tall and it helps that she's taller than her cast
1: yeah, I read there was a blurb that was below the um the video you know in the explanation of what this video is blurb. Mm-hmm. And it said on there they were trying to find someone six feet tall and the person they found was 6'11". So they figured that was probably, you know, as good as they were going to be able to in the where, you know, the area where they were looking for folks that okay. she came in and, and did this. Yeah. And with the other two ladies being shorter, you know, five four or something, it, you know, made her look big.
0: That would explain why she didn't have um, didn't have as many credits. On IMDb.
1: Yeah, well, she, she's a unique look. Mm-hmm. I would think that, you know, being that size must be interesting to try to to try to get on with people. But it's perfect for this. Absolutely perfect. And the hair coming down the way it was really worked for me. Um, she kind of reminded me, do you know um, Charmed, you know, that Piper character? Oh, okay. Sometimes the way the hair and the way she would speak the, the and the angles of her face, it reminded me so much of that actress. Mm. I, I just kept flashing to that, um, but size-wise, she was perfect. And I think, like I said, she really sold the facial expressions.
0: Yeah, she really did. Um, and the other actresses that uh, that played Mad Harriet and Lashina, they both have credits uh, with Chris on other fan films, so I'm, you know, they're they're pretty familiar with how he had done things.
1: Mm-hmm. There was another bit in the blurb that the inspiration for this, why they decided mm. to do it. One of those, the, the actress that plays Mad Harriet yeah, had wanted, wanted to, to play. Yeah, mm, go ahead.
0: She wanted to play someone a little crazy. And uh, he said like the first things that popped in his head were characters like Harley Quinn. And he's like, that's not the kind of crazy that she plays. And then it just I think dawned he wanted on to,
1: him. Yeah, I wanted to do something different.
0: Yeah, he said it just kind of dawned on him like... We didn't want wacky, crazy. We wanted, you know, this kind of crazy. So Mad Harriet was pretty much perfect. Which, holy crap! While we're on the subject, she scares me. <laughs> like when she first screams before you even see her, and it's like, oh my god!
1: And the the outfit worked. I mean, yes. granted, it's sort of a leotardy look, but it worked, and especially with the face thing she had on.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the outfits because I mean they're obviously costumes. They're as we've said on a few other fan films. They're very cosplay ish. You know, not to disc cosplay or anything, but you know, you know they're, they're obviously not a Hollywood production. But at the same time, they are very comic accurate.
1: Yeah, they do pay attention to that. The Lashina thing, trying to make the the lashes that go around her head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really neat. Really well done. I loved it. What did you think of the fighting styles that they managed? I'm thinking it looks like they shot this in an actual house. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how well it managed. I think some of it was the way that the, the image cutting was being done. So we were getting back and forth instead of trying to have two people in the frame at one time. Simply because you can't do that very well in a, in a small location like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought it, it was completely believable to me. And there was this one where she kicks Scott, and you can actually see that one happening. It, I was really impressed with how much they made that work.
0: Yeah, the the fighting was really well done, well choreographed. And a lot of it, like you said, I think has to do with the, the angles they chose for the, yeah, the it's, camera. It's,
1: it's obviously not the big budget kind of thing that we're seeing from the other Films I've done with you, the Bad in the Sun productions, mm-hmm. I would consider this the next step down from that. But it still, for for that level of, of what they're doing, it was quite well done.
0: Right. And, you know, you're not going to have, like, sweeping angles. They're definitely a, a fixed camera and just changing for, from shot to shot. But,
1: what did you think about the Megarod?
0: Um, I, I'm used to it being a little bit bigger on the end. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I thought it was really well done for, you know, what was essentially a probably less than $5 prop.
1: I did like that they added um, a sound effect for it. Mm-hmm. So you could hear it. And then sometimes it would leave a little spark. Yeah. This,
0: uh, and that was something I wanted to bring up, too. The, other than the boom-tomb effect, really the spark and, the, and flashes of light from any time somebody got hit... You know, almost like a Batman 66 kind of effect. (laughs) Yeah, that's really where the the main special effects went on this. So it's kind of special effects light Mm -hmm. if you really want to be picky, which actually I think kind of works in its favor.
1: Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, And also I want to compliment their lighting because at night outside that could have been really tricky. And instead it's very effective. You know it's nighttime, but you can clearly see people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just had to give a compliment to that. Inside is difficult to do, and they did a nice job on that, too.
0: Same with the sound, too. Like, inside could have easily echoed or been too muffled or anything like that. You can definitely tell a difference in the sound quality between when Barta's in the car and Scott's in the house. But at the same time, you really don't lose anything... Like you could if it were done on the cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. On, on the... Well, I don't really mean to say on the cheap. On the more amateurish side. Like if I had recorded it.
1: On it a budget. Yeah. I do say that I did not like Barda's thing on her forehead. The That they were trying to make that headpiece that she wears. I think it needed either some more weight to it or just perhaps finding something else to substitute. That, that didn't work for me. Yeah,
0: I... I like it for what it is and what it's trying to do, but you're right. It it's obviously a, a prop. It's not you don't you don't mistake it to be uh, some sort of metal decoration jewelry. It's it's definitely like craft foam mm-hmm. or cardboard mm-hmm. or whatever they used.
1: Considering how good Mad Harriet's um, thing was, that's on her mm-hmm. face. It sort of surprises me that they couldn't make something better.
0: Yeah, which Mad Harriet's is also just made out of foam.
1: Yeah, but, but it it's sells well it done. Better.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I think it's just the fact that the fact that it fits more snugly, barda Yeah, that
1: would help. Yeah. Well, and it's more three dimensional. This will very flat.
0: That's true. This the stuff on barda's head kinda of peels away and that may may just be a side effect of doing some of the action shots. It may have gotten knocked loose or something but
1: well i do want to compliment that they managed to keep it so it was always two pieces it wasn't like one piece in the center in one shot and two pieces in another shot of those Mm -hmm. circles i I do have to compliment that because that can be a real uh something that could get messed up like you're saying because she's moving around when they have to keep making sure that that stays where it's supposed to stay did you notice some of the easter eggs scott's wearing a star labs t-shirt
0: Yes, I did notice. The, I didn't notice it the first time. I had to actually catch it the second time I watched. Yeah,
1: me too. I didn't catch it the first time either. What did you think about the Halloween decorations in the background?
0: I am apparently going to have to watch it a third
1: time. <laughs> 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 I did not catch that. There was Halloween stuff on the like the dresser or the uh, in the window, and <laughs> it was. I'm like, why is this supposed to be taking place on Halloween? That's <laughs> just weird. Either on Halloween or in October, I guess.
0: I I'm know. sure. If nothing else, they may it may be it got filmed in you know October, and it know. was a good excuse for everybody to be in costume without their neighbors questioning <laughs> what they were doing. <laughs> There's my no prize.
1: It was just odd. Uh, let's see. I have a couple other notes on here. Oh. I wanted to ask, what did you think about the language? We tossed you around some F-bombs.
0: I was all up for getting ready to say this was going to be a family-friendly fan film. You know, nothing too bad, too risque, and then Barta's just got to tell it like it is, and it's <laughs> like, well... There goes our PG rating.
1: Yeah, and they throw around the B word to keep I, I get tired when we even call each other that. It just tires me out when it's like, okay, come up with a new word. But uh Lashina used that to perfection when her like drawling voice mm-hmm. It totally worked. Just like, okay, you can use it cuz that works. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to just finding a word to throw out there to be insulting. Uh,
0: I mean, like as far as Barta dropping the F bomb um, not necessarily what I would have chosen to put in this fan film, but, um, it, it's definitely Barta appropriate as far as, especially if they're going with the idea that Barta and Scott are pretty new to hiding out on earth, give or take. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because, um, uh, you know, earlier in the film, Barta's like, I am not ordering delivery. No one's getting my location. Mhm. Mhm. You know, so we're not really sure how long it has been since they have escaped apocalypse, but it sounds like it's not terribly long. Probably within a year or two at tops.
1: Let's see. The other thing I had on here is the the music selections when they not just the cat <laughs> the, the music um the background music that you use during a fight or something like that, which was mm-hmm. appropriate. It worked. Uh, but when they had this like tango music or something at the beginning. And then the party in the USA at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, um, um, oh shoot, it's it's the, the music from Carmen that they start out with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that, but, uh, you know, I knew that piece of music, mm-hmm. but I couldn't place it.
0: I, I only know it because I used to listen to it like ad nauseum when I was 14 for some really? odd reason. Yeah, it was uh, on the, the Street Fighter movie soundtrack.
1: Oh, boy, that's a kind of an odd place to find it, too, isn't it?
0: Yeah. One of those movies that I really like the music, I didn't care for the movie then. I can laugh at it now. But anyway, but yeah, they go from that to, uh, as uh, as Barta puts it, I'm going to listen to the music box. So, you know, it, it's like a mother box, but it plays music. She switches Gwen follow. She's listening
1: to the radio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's, you know it happens to be gwen stefani's hollaback girl but oh yeah that the very end credits roll and it's party in the usa by miley cyrus and for some reason it just you wouldn't think it's it fits but somehow it really does
1: oh it so does it. it it's perfect um uh, like i said there's some light stuff in here that That like that, where you're just like, man, this really fits. And that's why I was complimenting the script, because if you just have even a basic knowledge, I'm not that familiar with Ashina. In fact, I had to write down the name because I didn't know it. I had to back it up and play, you know, just that part so I could get her name. And uh, but even with that, you, you get the idea of who she is. But just that little bit of knowledge to know a little bit about her personality, that's really all you needed. And uh what was the other good one that, that she did? Oh, when she said on Apocalypse you fear dark side and on earth you fear me when she was gonna throw mm-hmm. them into the into the boom tube and then Scott's like, Hey, that was a really good line. Oh, you think so? I made it up, you know. <laughs> chatting about
0: it. On top of everything though, I have to really compliment Barta's reaction to you know, checking on the food. <laughs> just being completely outraged that it is cold. I laugh so hard both times.
1: Well, oh. and you hear that. And then the next thing is that hit of the music for the credit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I think that's what another reason it was just so funny. So, yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier to, to sort of summarize here, as far as I'm concerned, this is the next, you know, budget down. You can obviously tell this is a budget film, but they worked with what they had extremely well. Their technical expertise of working with a small room, so your, your cutting is a little different, um, doing what kind of fighting effects you can. They had to obviously have paid for some of these effects that that we're getting, the little uh, sharp pieces of flashes and when she'd hit people and uh, the sound effects and, and that kind of thing. Occasionally, the audio would get a little uneven. Um, when she gets Scott off the porch, you can mm-hmm. tell that you can't hear them very well. But for what it is, for just a short little ditty on, hey, here's how Big Bart is trying to live in suburbia, and this is what happens, I thought it was extremely cute. It was fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a fun fan film. It is a funny fan film. But it is, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's, it's just enjoyable all the way around.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really like this one. Good choice. All right.
0: So, yeah, basically, listeners, it's got a few nitpicks, but if you can overlook it, you know, if you haven't watched it already, shame on you.
1: Well, it's like eight minutes or something. It is totally worth it for that amount of time.
0: Right. So, definitely watch this. I would watch more from these actors doing these characters.
1: Yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have another episode of this?
0: I mean, he's he does, you know, Chris does several uh Several fan films a year. Well, if
1: this is Halloween, what happens at Thanksgiving and Christmas?
0: Oh my goodness, that would be so wonderful. Barta
1: at Christmas. Can you picture that? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It would have been good.
0: All right. So, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, Big Barta of Suburbia. Definitely two thumbs up from me. Uh, So, Laurel, uh, if people want to find you online somewhere, where else can they find you?
1: Well, I am part of the Right On Network. That's W R I G H T Right On Network. We do Feathers and Foes, a Birds of Prey podcast, which again she appears towards the end of Volume One of that series. And then I am on the Huntress podcast, so you can find me there. And um, I hang out on Twitter at Mountainflower One, and that is without the vowels, the Mountainflower One. So you can you can find me on there. All righty.
0: So you're ready to kind of help me. Sweep up and everything down here, right? Well,
1: you know, the dust that you're kicking up here, uh, it's kind of starting to get to me. I can, My throat's getting scratchy. Uh, I don't know. You know what? Let me go upstairs, see if I can find maybe, maybe a vacuum cleaner would be better for this job or something like that. I'll be back. Or, you know, maybe not.
0: And she says she doesn't work here. She's got all the tactics down. <sighs> okay, well. Me alone in the basement again. Ah, Forget this cleaning shtick. I'm going to play some promos and then come back with some listener feedback. Just imagine the mightiest heroes of our time. All of them on one team. Since there are so many of us, we have a chance to do more than just put out fires. We can be proactive. We can do some real good in the world.
1: JLU cast brings you coverage of Justice League Unlimited, the ultimate gathering of DC's heroes and villains and the culmination of the greatest interpretation
0: of the DC universe ever. Join Chris and Cindy Franklin as they relive the
1: team-ups, the battles,
0: the conspiracies. I had no idea that the Girl Scouts were responsible for the crop circle phenomenon.
1: Few people do. Few even think to ask the question.
0: The romance and the fun. A head start. You're getting soft in your old age. Don't you have a tall building to go lead? And the adventure continues. Find well, us wherever fine Fire and Water podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is, of course, the feedback portion of the episode, where, of course, I thank everybody who liked, shared, retweeted, and all that fun stuff the previous episode. Read all your comments, that kind of fun stuff. You know I live for it, folks. But first, I'd like to thank all the Crusaders Club members who helped make this show possible. And speaking of thanking the Crusader Club members, we have kind of reached a, uh, well, an agreed-upon milestone of Crusaders Club members. We have broken 35 members as of the recording right here. And that means I have to hold up my end of the bargain and do a fan film that I have actually been kind of terrified to cover. Just because of what it does cover. No real spoilers yet, folks. Sorry, not going to tell you, but it is in the works. It will be coming, and I promise it will definitely be uh, something. <laughs> Alright, so last episode, which was Batman Death Wish with my guest Kathy Bright. Got likes, shares, re- retweets, and all the love from Christatos, Auburn Elvis, Alan Middleton, Jared Albright. Helica Fetty Wolf, Radioactive Dinosaur, Kathy Bright, Professor Frenzy, it's a show, Mike Garvey, Chris Lydon, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Jeremy Daw, Tim Price, Laurel, The Hammer Strikes, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Ken Solo, Rick Heineken, Miasma Comic, Tom Pinsonot. I'm so sorry if I butchered that, Tom, please... Please uh, tell me how to say it correctly. John M. Wilson, who, if uh, you haven't been listening to his Superman in Crisis podcast, get on that. That is awesome coverage. Gene Hendrix, Max Traver, and Aaron Head Moss over on Twitter. Gene Hendrix from the Hammer Strikes and also the Longbox Crusade. You know, he said I watched this five times in one hour. Well, no, I didn't. But Fan Film Fridays wanted to hear someone say it so bad, I just had to comply. Well, thanks, Gene. You know, you you at least you're know, looking out for me. I can, I can kind of get with you on that. Kathy Bright said, "Had a great time chatting with you. Hope everyone enjoys the episode." Well, I hope they did too, Kathy. And Chris from Professor Frenzy, A.K.A. Chris at BTO and Bat Books, said, "Great episode. Applause." And that is it, folks. That's my feedback. It's kind of short and sweet, but hey, you know, nothing wrong with that. So again, thank you, Laurel, for being my guest on this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can always get in contact with the show at the same old ways. I'm always on Twitter, or you can email me directly at fanfilmfridays at gmail.com. So, until next time, this is Clinton Robinson, stuck in the basement, hoping you will enjoy... No, hoping you will join me on another fan Film Friday. Today, you can take your telephone, your your cell phone, and you can make a movie on that. And if it's a really cool movie that's funny and it's dramatic or whatever, you can post it on
1: YouTube. If you want to make films and you want to tell stories, you can do it.
0: obsessed with film and you love to tell stories and you love working in that medium, uh, then uh, that'll give you the strength to be persistent with you.